0: It's time for the Big Nasty Show right here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450 TheSportsBuzz.com.
1: Ah, uh-huh. well, decided to take a to take a little afternoon field trip today out here to legendary, glorious Churchill Downs. That's right, I said it. Me and DJ Yates just sitting here chilling at in the media room at Churchill Downs, the Twin Spires, a beautiful place to be. We're uh, we're in this uh, pedestal here. We're overlooking the paddock. Uh, it's in our view, the beautiful concessions, and right outside of this door here is the, the track where they'll be running races later on today. So welcome into the Big Nasty Show here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450TheSportsBuzz.com. DJ, how you doing, buddy? It's 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 fun to see you. In such close proximity, usually there's a glass that's dividing us, and uh, we're over in the confines of the station. So,
2: yeah, t- typically a glass. Sometimes miles and miles. <laughs> my my yeah, first you, experience with a remote. I know. Deciding.
1: But I, one thing I noticed that's in common with the past remote experiences when you were behind the glass is that there's no food here for your for your <laughs> consumption. You know, DJH uh, always seems to miss out on the food <laughs> consumption. I Thought you. you were
2: going to pull some strings for me on my first remote, <laughs> making well, a celebration. Uh,
1: yeah, we were we were going to party. We we're going to party. We, we'll, we'll take care of that here in the future. So. Again, we're going live from Churchill Downs today. We got a lot, of, a lot to talk about today. I'm mean, going to handicap to uh, this evening's card for you all here in just a minute. I've got a very affordable $63, which will be three different wagers to put together that you can you can play if you if you want to roll the dice. We're going to go put give that to you. Lots to talk about today. We've got uh, again, like I said, there's night racing on on Fridays at Churchill Downs. They have the first post is at 2:45, uh, which is slightly different than the normal post of of 12:45. So they do it right out here. They've got the uh, they they're calling it the the best happy hour in the city. Now you haven't had a chance to come out here and enjoy this yet.
2: I have not been out for the night racing yet. But
1: you, as in so many folks, do not know what they've got going on out here. Uh, they party it. They party down out here at Churchill on Friday nights. But we're going to give you that talk. We're going to we got Preakness to talk about. I've got a few people joining me in later on. I've got uh, Corey Lannery. is going to try to stop in here before he gets up on his first race of the day. Uh, he's he's actually on the two-horse Flashy Ray in the first, so he'll be out here. He's going to stop by and chat with us a little bit, tell us about how his year's going. We're going to talk a little Preakness later on. In the second hour, we're uh, going to talk to uh, Kelly Patrick, a little NBA talk, a little bit of baseball, NBA. Uh, Kelly Patrick's going to call in in the, in the second hour. He's uh, from the Weekend Sports Buzz. And then in, in uh, later on in that hour, we're going to talk to Simon Bray from TVG. We're going to get him on the line, and we're going to talk to him about the Preakness and the races that are leading up to it, and what his thoughts are on that, and and what makes him uh, as good as he is at what he does. So we're going to talk to him in late, later hours. We've got some moments with God to talk about, or moments with God. I'm not sure how that would be proper. Um, we've got a little entertainment news. Lindsay Lohan. Uh, I know you're troubled by this, DJ Yates. Lindsay Lohan is in trouble, sort of.
2: I, I'm always troubled by Lindsay Lohan.
1: <laughs> what, what a shame. But we're going to talk a little. We're going to talk a little entertainment news. We've got uh, we've got some uh, we've got some marijuana talks to talk about a little riding dirty in that department out west they're they're trying to do things there's a golf tournament that's underway somebody made a big big number or should I say a small number in the golf tournament uh, real close to a, to a real uh, historic event yesterday uh, down there at the championship course the Byron Nelson Championship Course and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and we got some people getting paid. Uh, I've got a question or two for you about that. Uh, who, who you think might be? You probably already know this because you are a, a slick individual. Um, <laughs> but we've got some people getting paid, and, and you might not believe who's actually in, in the in the lead in that department. So we've got that going on. We've got uh, we've got a moment with God for the ladies later on. There's somebody that's not going to be playing anymore, and uh, that's that's a moment the moment with God that goes out to the ladies especially. So um, we've got. We've got some uh, fantasy talk in baseball a little bit later. We're going to get into we uh, we've and we've got a little bit of mixed martial arts conversation. There's NASCAR to talk about. NASCAR's heating up. There's there's blows being exchanged. There's people there's people uh, getting uh, suspensions and NASCAR's getting fired up. Which is you know if it's not for that is NASCAR really? it a lot of fun to watch cars go around and around. If there's not.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I mean it's not not a lot of fun for me i don't i don't do it very often
1: <laughs> but it would be fun to drive them right it certainly would be fun to drive some of those i'm sure it would yeah <laughs> uh but you're a you're a larger larger man like myself so we don't stand a chance with those 140 pounders like a lot of these jockeys are like that around here um which we'll have we're going to have corey Laney, then we stop by here a little bit later so we got a lot of things to talk about today we um we want to let you know that uh the we can't do this without our sponsorships. And one of our sponsors is right here in Louisville, Saints Pizza and Pub, which is right down on Breckenridge Lane. Um, you can give them a call at 891-8883. Uh, DJH was the recipient of the Saints uh, gift cards and guitar. Have you strummed that guitar yet, is it, uh, or did you sell it?
2: Uh, it's not been sold yet. <laughs> I have strummed it once. I'm
1: sure there's some interest. That's a pretty savvy. I don't really have the
2: equipment to make the strumming. Sound like anything? Ah, so. uh,
1: well, we'll have to work on that because I've got uh, several uh, several equipment options for you there. So, anyway, I was. Uh... As I'm going to try to do here on Fridays, I'm going to go through and give you guys an accessible uh, wager or wagers uh, on this car today. Um, there's, the track's going to be fast and firm. We didn't take any rain over the evening, which is nice.
2: Uh, we've been taking a lot of rain
1: in the area, and there was lots of scratches uh, in the week. A couple uh, yesterday, there was a few scratches. It was muddy and wet last weekend. Uh, Derby, of course, was, was muddy and wet. But uh, uh, we're, going to, we're going to go through... I put three wagers together. I put the early pick four together, the late pick four, and the middle pick three out here at Churchill Downs. Again, we're going live from the media room here at Churchill Downs. Um, the pick four wager and the pick three wager, if you're not familiar with these wagers, are multiple race wagers. The pick four is, of course, four wa- four consecutive races where you have to pick however many horses you want in each indi- individual race, uh, and it's an exponent. You multiply basically how many horses you have in each race to add up to the total of the the wager. so uh, The first four races of the car, for example, I used three horses, three horses, one individual horse, which the handicappers call a single, if you single a horse. And then uh, in the last leg, I used all of them. So if I get the first three legs in, then I'm good to go, and I get paid in the last leg. The early pick four here at Churchill, we have uh, the first race is a $7,500 claimer race, six furlongs. Uh, This is for fillies and mares. Six entries in this race. Uh, I only went three deep in this race. When there's a six-horse field, I don't like to go much deeper than that because you're you're not extending your value and your money. I went with the two, the three, and the five. Uh, two is Corey Laney, which we're going to be talking to. We're going to find out what he thinks about that horse here in just a minute. Um, and then Brian Hernandez is up on Promise Me Joy on the three horse. Uh, he was running eight thousand dollar claimers at Tampa, and then they put him in here at Churchill five thousand last time out. Uh, he was three wide and got in a little trouble. I watched that race, and I think he'll get another shot here. Um, I like horses third and fourth times off the layoff, as you know. We have uh, the five horses on the uh, sort of on the outside of this field is a, a pretty heerous. This Is John Cox's entry? Uh, this Ricardo Santana Jr. Uh, is is hot. A lot of people are riding him now, uh, and I like the way he, he looks uh, forming into this race here. Uh, he came out of a claiming seventy five race and won it by a head, coming strong, and then he went to an allowance seventy five hundred dollar race down in Oakland. I actually like this this horse the most of the three. Third race off the layoff, this allowance company that's 7500 is much better company than claiming race at 7500. Basically, because these horses are for sale, whereas an allowance race like that, you don't have to risk the possibility of losing your horse if you don't want to do that. So, again, in the first race, I used a two three five. Moving on to the second race, we have Churchill Downs here, a claiming race. This is a forty thousand dollar race. This is a mile. This is on the dirt. And this is uh, this is for colts and uh, older horses. We have, uh, there's six entries in this one. Usually this time of year you have six and seven slightly smaller fields in the early races, and they sort of thicken up towards the end. Uh, this race here is, uh, is pretty cut and dry. I'm going inside all the way, the one, two, and three in this one. This is a $40,000 for a mile. It's a one-turn mile here at Churchill. There's only a couple places in the country where you have a one-turn mile. They have a big enough track to where you can only do one turn, whereas a lot of the other tracks will start before the start-finish line. And then they'll go around and do it, what they call a two-turn mile. That's a different thing. If you're a speed horse and you have to go around two turns, it's a lot dif- more difficult to hold off the field as opposed to if you're a closing horse. If you see what I'm saying, that's an interesting point there. So, um, but anyway, I used the inside horses there. I used Call Me George with Leonardo Gonzalez. Uh, he's going to be. He comes out of a twenty-five thousand dollar race where he looked real well. Before that, he was running an allowance company. Alan Garcia and Michael Maker, Michael Maker and Ken and Sarah Ramsey. And Sarah Ramsey are hot and have been for a long, long time, and they've been teaming up with Michael Maker all through the Keeneland meet, all through the Churchill meet, lights out. They come out of a $40,000 $40, race, pardon me, Keeneland last time out. The horse was closing in on, on the field that day, and just prior to that they'd put him in a maiden claiming race, which means he could be for sale. He was for sale in that race. He had Brian Hernandez, Jr. up, uh, and he, he closed and won at fairgrounds by a neck shaping into form pretty well. It's his third third race in the form cycle, so he should be pretty good, too. And then I have the uh, right in, on the outside of him our buddy Corey Lannery is on John Gordon, uh, who was also a friend of mine, so that's kind of a swami angle, if you would. He comes out of a $50,000 race. Anytime I see a horse coming from a bigger race and dropping down a little bit and they were closing real good into soft fractions, it's a good time to put a little bit of money on that horse. Two races back, the uh out the Gulfstream at uh, optional Claimers. Optional claiming horse 75000 seventy-five thousand, and they uh, both times he, he didn't run real well. But you know, there's a case that he may not have liked the Gulfstream Park surface. So we're going to put we're going to take him. Uh, they're going to put him in. At, they put him at Keenan on the poly track. He comes closing on that. It's Dale Romans' connections with, uh, connected with Corey Landry. Great connections. I think John Gordon wins the third. But I'm using the one two three. So so far we have three in the first race, three in the second. Where my single is in the first equation is the Churchill Downs maiden special weight race. It's a five furlong race long. Do you ever see these guys race they come out of the gate and just scoot so
2: i don't think i've seen one of those they're
1: they're crazy uh these are these are these are young horses 2 year old colts and 2 year old colts it's kind of like you and i were when we were 17 16 15 bronkin bucks you know of course looking like you do you you were, you, you exercise the theory let the bees come to the honey so you didn't have to really, you didn't really have to worry about it. I had to do a little bit more pursuing. But uh, so anyway, uh, back to what we were talking about. These are five long races. So this is one of those races where it's basically you know open the gates and go as fast as you can. There's no, they call it rating in horse racing. Um, if a horse is allowed, like the Derby and stuff, they try to teach horses to rate so they can make their move at the proper time during the race, and pace is all involved. But when you have a five and a five long race, it's really not that big. It, it, Pace, rating, and all that's not really in much of the equation. This horse, the four horse, is my single in this early pick four. It's uh, Thomas Short who doesn't send too many out, but when he does, he gets good results. He has three races under his belts. two times at Keeman, the last time he was at Churchill in the slop, and he he may or may not have liked the slop, but he just, just missed at by a neck. He's run three maiden races, so he's got a little bit of experience. He's got bullet workouts. They call them bullets if they're the best of the day. He's got two. He's got a two for 42, three for 44, and two for 41 workouts coming in this race. Tom, Thomas Short's got him in the right spot. I think if he gets a good break out of the, out of the gate, he's going to go on and win this one pretty easy. That's my single in the pick four sequence. And then I made it real real easy for the listeners uh, in the second in the fourth race, which is the last leg of the pick four. There's only six horses in this race, but this is the most competitive race of the day. This is an optional claiming race for 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 eighty thousand and what that means to the listeners is uh the horse can be entered for a tag in this case, there isn't any of them that entered in for a tag, but it's an optional claimer means that the the horse owners can enter their horse in for the eighty thousand or the said tag and they can be purchased out of the race if they're available but most of them opt to run it. It just means you can run your horse in that race without having to lose your horse or have him sold to another. If you have a horse that's a good prospect, you don't want him to get lost or get sold. You want to run him in maiden special weights. Anything anything that says claim means that they can be bought out of the race whether it's a maiden claiming or claiming. sell. So that's my ticket for the early pick four. It's 235 with 123 with 4 with all. On the other side of the break, we're going to come back with you. I've got uh, a pick three in the middle section, and then I have a late pick four, and after that, we're going to talk to Corey Lannery from uh, right here at Churchill Downs Jockey Colony on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450TheSportsBuzz.com. This is The Big Nasty Show, chilling live from the Media Center at Churchill Downs. Uh, we're, we're doing a little, sounds like a little, little heavy metal, 't don't, don't tell the pilots, don't tell the pilots. We're out here live, and, and we're partying. DJ Yates and I are in the field, as they say. We're beating down, we're beating down, well, I'm beating down the ladies, David, uh, DJ Yates is a married man, but we're sitting right out sit here at Churchill Downs. We're, we are actually right off the paddock. We have a window view to the paddock. Uh, they've got, remember, it's a special 245 card today. Um... We're getting ready. The concessions are we're getting ready to fire up out here, and we're getting ready to go. Nosh, what we're what we're doing. I wanted to congratulate. I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, I was giving you. I was handicapping, but before I do finish uh, those two other wagers, I wanted to c- congratulate trainer Ron Maquette and uh, jockey Ricardo Santana Jr. Last evening, uh, yesterday, they they won the feature on uh, Libby Ma- and McKenzie. Uh, McKenzie, she took an early lead and then ended the stretch with a one-length lead and kicked clear impressively uh, to win uh, the $55,000 allowance feature yesterday. She just And the uh, second place was devious in 10 on Thursday. So uh, just congratulations to Ron McKenna and, and uh, Ricardo Santana Jr. is getting a lot of good mounts. He's an, a new up-and-comer, so we've got some uh, we've got some new stuff, some up-and-coming stuff. Uh, 1450 and 1450 the dot com. I just was working last evening at my at my day slash night job, and uh, just got these um Why don't you tell me a little bit about what we what some new things we got going on here at 1450 uh, the Sports Buzz? DJ Yates.
2: Well, I'm sure everybody who listens knows about our our golf cart that we sold. And it, it, it sold very well. It was it. an incredible deal. It was. Uh, we, we've got something new going on for all of our, our golf listeners out there. There's uh, a lot of them.
1: It's been raining too. It's been raining too, so you know they haven't had a chance to really get out. Yeah, there. I'm,
2: so. I'm sure they're they're itching to get out there and, and swing those clubs.
1: Perfect. Tell me a little bit about it.
2: Well, they, right now they can save ten to forty dollars every time they tee it up at over a hundred courses in the area, simply by heading to fourteen fifty golf dot picking up the golfer's passbook.
1: You're kidding me. Wait a second. 10 to $40? $10 to $40. You, why? I, and some I, of these some of these we, discounts
2: you can use multiple times at, at some of these courses. A
1: hundred courses? courses? Over a hundred courses in How area. do I get this? Because I need to log on here right now and get
2: this. 1450golf.com.
1: Perfect. 1450golf.com. Okay.
2: But wait, there's more. Oh, please, I'm, please I'm, elaborate.
1: Been, please elaborate.
2: I've been watching these overnight infomercials. So i I'm, I'm an expert in this. Wait, there's more deal. As, <laughs> as a as a bonus, as a bonus, you're gonna get a twenty-five dollar restaurant dot com gift card. Ah, wow. with Every one of these passbooks that you purchase.
1: I thought I was reading that wrong last night when I read it, but it in fact is the truth. You've it is true. Twenty-five. It's incredible. I don't know how uh, the the owners and uh, and the the kids from the station are putting these deals together, but it seems scandalous. It seems scandalous that these deals could be going down. But um, and that's all included. When you go to fourteen fifty golf card
2: fourteen fifty golf dot com fourteen
1: fifty golf dot com excellent so we got to, we're always trying to shake it up at the station here uh, on fourteen fifty sports dot com anyway we're uh, we were talking about the handicap in this card I want to get that in before we get our guest in here um, and before we you know I got to get over to the window to get that wager in for the first one because that's at two forty five and we'll still be doing the show so we might have to well you're going to get that some of that delicious uh, food that they have out here at Churchill Downs, I'll probably run to the window and try to get my wager in. So we'll have to do that. We'll have to run and make that happen. But I gave you the early pick four. I uh, re-, re reiterate that real quick for you. It's a uh, fifty cent pick four. It'll cost you twenty seven dollars. It's going to be two three five with one two three with four. It's a single. It's a Alfano, and then all on the last leg. It'll cost you twenty seven dollars. Hopefully, it'll get you back a nice return. In the fifth, sixth, and seventh, what I like to do in this sequence when they have this many races is I like to play an early pick four, a middle pick three, and a late pick four. The whole thing combined today is going to cost you sixty-three bucks. That's that's Layman's that's Layman's money. That's Layman's money.
2: Not too bad. You
1: have got that in the one billfold in your wallet, don't you?
2: I wish. I wish. <laughs>
1: this guy, this guy. Every time I see him walk, he's got coin, deep pockets and stuff falling out of him. But uh, we're all trying to get some of that. So. Um anyway that's uh, that's
2: called lint, by the way
1: <laughs> oh that, I thought that, I thought that was paper uh so anyway let's talk about let's let's change the subject here real quick before I get into this victory um I've been hearing a lot of buzz about the office finale um, yeah. I don't want you to I, I, I don't I, I, care if you give the cat out of the back because I probably won't see it until it's on – uh, you know, DVR,
2: but well, I, I, probably, won't, I won't. I won't spoil it if any if anybody's listening that hasn't watched it. That's uh, true. L- last night was the last episode ever of The Office. That's right, uh, ending its nine year run. Man, and oh man, I, I'm probably a little easier on The Office than some people, but after after Michael Scott left, who was played by Steve Carell,
3: yes,
2: after he left, the show went down a little bit. It, it suffered definitely. It, it I mean, definitely was, took a hit. He he was kind of the heart and soul of the show. He, he was, I will say this: this past season, the ninth season, last season, it did step up, and the the finale was excellent, in my opinion.
1: That's what I've been hearing. I haven't heard any, uh, like I said, I haven't heard of the 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 play, the play-by-play, so to speak, of what went down. But it, uh, it it seems to be a success across the board from the the social medias that I was. I didn't get a lot of chance last night, but I was up late, so it's recommended.
2: Uh, Must be TV. Much, very much. Must if, if you've watched the office at all,
1: uh, I love it. You, you have to watch. I love it. Out. I had the biggest crush in the world on the what's the girl, the, the character name behind the desk, Pam. Oh man, I will tell you, that's like the girl next door, exonified. If that's even pretty a, much. If that's yeah. even a word, I think it'll work. I think it's actually a word. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she was, and then the one that the girl that was on there that went and took her own branch. She's on a lot of stuff now. She's, yeah, in a she's, lot on, of, she's
2: on Parks and Rec right now. She got that little no. lip.
1: She got a little lip issue or something a little lisp.
2: Rashida Jones. That's is it. her name.
1: Well right. played. Well played. I tell you what, I would do unthinkable things to both of those girls. They would. <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't want. They. I. I assure you, they would run like the wind, like someone had stole their money. But I. Uh, I, I would do my best to do unthinkable things. It would be a curmudgeon. It'd be a curmudgeon of goodness. So anyway, uh anyway, the office is is finally and on that same note, on an entertainment note, we have um Arrested Development, which is a very popular uh, sitcom that was on HBO and Cinemax for, for years, is now available on Netflix only. They're doing another season seasons, yeah. which is supposedly they're dubbing it as the next but final season. I don't know how that'll all play out. But uh if you haven't ever seen this show, Arrested Development, this is probably one of the funniest uh, programs on t v uh so I recommend going out getting get to netflix taking a a look at that I'm definitely going to check that out so i have got Office and Netflix if I ever find time to sit down and watch any t v so anyway, back to what we were talking about. I gave you the big the early pick four before we're we're going live here Churchill down to d j yates and i it's nice to have a it's nice to have you out uh on the other side of the window. I feel a little inferior that i couldn't bring some food or have some food or vending here for you. Uh, okay. I, it happens. I, I'll work on it. I'll at, work on at it. Le- at least you
2: were able to uh, break the chain that <laughs> was connected to a giant
0: fall <laughs> underneath
2: the desk at the, uh, you at the studio.
0: You know who's
1: keeping that seat warm right now?
2: Uh, the
0: big the, the
1: <laughs> Sizzling bacon <laughs> the baconator. Uh, I there. tell you, I mean, if you've ever sat down on a chair after he's been using it, it's pleasantly warm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with with just, and the thought of what was dangling on that chair as well as, uh, I tell you. But anyway, he, he's probably listening right now. So. I'm sure he is. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, back to the. This is the middle pick for this is race five, six, and seven. This one's pretty easy, actually. They're all easy. They're easy to hit. I'd be doing this for a living if they, if that was the case. But uh, we. Uh, this one is. It starts with the fifth race. is a mile and a sixteenth. It's a claiming race for sixteen thousand. It's a mile and a sixteenth on the dirt track uh, for four year olds and upward. This is a this is a pretty. Uh, I went three deep in this race um, because I have a real strong feeling about my single. Uh, I went three, four, and on the outside I went with the six. So we have the three, four, six. Three horses: Alan Garcia with Michael Tomlinson. Uh, Vicky Tomlinson. Uh, she works in the this the aid here for the um, for the jockeys and the owners and trainers. She's a real. That's they're a great family. They don't put too many horses out when they do. They're well meant. Um, I also like uh, a little bit of a price is Javi Vasquez. Uh, He's up on five a fleet. It's a John Booker horse, and John Booker doesn't put too many out. Again, that's another case. He he ran real well last time. He was closing in both last time, two times he raced. He was closing in at a a relatively soft pace, which is a a, a strong statement. And then then we have the Corey Lannery again, uh, Balance the budget, is on the six horse on the outside. We're putting a lot of weight on this guy today. I've got got him using all my picks. So, again, that's three, four, six in the fifth race. A 50-cent pick three part wheel is what this is. And the race six is my single. It's a $62,000. Again, is this optional claiming that I was just telling you about. An optional claiming tag basically means that the horse can get purchased out of the tag if the owners decide to put him in there. Um, this is 62000 The purse is 54000 And I love Michael Maker and Ken Ramsey and Ken and Sarah Ramsey in this one. They uh, have Joe Rocco Jr. up. He's a Michael Maker. It just looks like this was the horse to beat. Uh, I like him enough to single in this this middle pick three. So I've got the three four six with two, and then I made it real simple. I used the all button in the seventh race. So in the seventh race is an eight horse race that's on the turf. These are always tough to pick. These claiming races 50, is right in the middle here at Churchill Downs. This is a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. Incidentally, there's only one or two late scratches. I'll get to those in the late sequence. Um, there's a couple of horses I like in here, but I'm using the all on the pick three. But if you want to put a little money on a horse like on the nose, I think this outside seven horse, Mr. Garde, I believe, is that what it is? It's a Ken McPeak horse. We had Ken McPeak on the show. When was that? We had Ken McPeak two weeks ago, three weeks ago almost now? It was before Derby. Like that, Jeez, yeah, please. Mashed potatoes is what my mind is right now. I started thinking about bacon and that sizzling bacon, and I think mashed potatoes. But uh, anyway, Mr. Garde on the outside, the seven horse uh, is a Jaziel horse. And I think over the turf, uh, he ran the polytrack twice. Polytrack and turf is similar. They 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 try to they tend to run well on both of those surfaces. So I've got uh, I've got Mr. Garde uh, taking care of serious business uh, in that race if you want to go. But the pick three I have is a three four six, with two, with all. That's a uh, this would be a a twelve dollar wager for fifty cents. So that's the second one, and then I have that leads us into the late pick four. A late pit four here. Um, Let's uh let's let's see what else we got going on at the station if we got I know there's more stuff going on. Is it we we've we've done a whole bunch of stuff to shake it up, so
2: I mean I think there's always something. There's going on. always going
1: something going on. Oh, you know, there's a lot of drive you gotta drive around a lot in the summer. You gotta yep. drive a lot around a lot. What's what's the best thing to do around here if you need to get taken care of? Get your car ready to go, you
2: got a little trip to go to? Take, like take, take your car over to Oxmoor Ford Service. Oxmoor Ford Service. Yeah, right now they've got free shuttle service. Well, they always have free shuttle service. That's perfect. Uh, and a clean, comfortable customer lounge, free Wi-Fi, big screens, business center. So what you're saying is, is you can go in there, please.
1: you drop your car off. And then they kind of take care of you, so you don't have to sit there and just absolutely watch the you, day. You, you, you melt can stay
2: there and you can get your work done using their free Wi-Fi. You can right. watch a little TV if you want, or you want to go to the mall and buy some shoes so for the, the mall for the ladies. They'll will they shuttle you over.
1: And they also uh, they they handle the Oxmore Ford Lincoln buzz
2: line. That's right, and
1: yeah. uh, that's always open on this show and all the other programs. For the most part, we've got the request lines open. We've got everything open on this show. Oh, uh, it, you got
2: to ask Bacon about the request lines. Well, yeah. he's just, in there running the board. Today. Bacon's in
1: yeah. all. That's true. That's right. You, I'm so used to you being there that I can just loosely drop the open request line. Uh, <laughs> DJ Bacon on the ones and two today. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, but anyway, you can call us at the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Buzzline if you want to chat with either of us. Or, or uh, Bacon will answer the phone, I suspect, and uh, you can chat with him. It's 384-1450. Uh, that's both an 812 and a 502 area code number, if I'm not mistaken. They can catch us 502 for sure, 502-384-1450. That's the Oxmo-Ford Lincoln buzz line. So uh, I put together one last pick four for you here at Churchill. I want to get this in before they get close. People are starting to roll in. Now the gates are open. They they open the gates at 1 on uh, Fridays, and the first post is at 245. Again, the track is fast and firm on the turf. The late pick four of the day is races 8, 9, 10, and 11. I have a single in this sequence. If you notice, I have one theme that seems to be consistent. I always single a horse, which a lot of people think is a fool's maneuver, but that's how I do it. We'll talk to Simon Bray in the second hour, and we'll talk to him about just that and see if if I am a fool for doing these kind of things. But anyway, the first race of this pick four sequence, the late one, is race eight. It's a claiming race of $8,000. Anytime we have a low-level claiming race that's worth this little, this means a lot of these horses are not not doing real well, and they, what they tend to do is they put these horses in for a tag, is what they call it, as a claiming tag. I like to go deeper in races like this because anybody can win. That's just my personal take. So I'm using four horses in the first race here in the eighth. I'm using the one, four, six, and seven. You have Psycho Chick with Alan Garcia on the inside. Michael Maker is, is hot. He is as hot as could be out of Keeman. He's one of the best in the business. We've got the four-horse, which is Roberto Morales and Barksdale. This is Forrest Kalin, which is a friend of ours. Um, He's going to be on the show at some point as well here in the near future. He sends out Barksdale. And then I have the six and the seven on the outside, Miguel Mena and Victor LeBron. I think these two horses on the outside are actually as good a shot as any to get in there, and they're going to be a pretty decent price, maybe six or seven to one, which is all you need in a pick-four sequence. If you hit a six or seven to one, that's all you need. You're going to be in business. So again, first race one four six seven. We go to race nine. This is a mile. This is a this is the lowest level horse at Churchill Downs. This is a maiden claiming ten thousand dollar race. That means the horses can be purchased for ten thousand dollars. This is the lowest level that Churchill Downs offers. So this is these are the bad horses. These are not the best of animals.
2: You're probably going to pick one of those up before we leave today. Aren't you? I, I was thinking about it, but I you just you're, told me that, you're that carrying that, was that cash around in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm carrying a lot of things. Uh
1: yeah, you see how I handled our affairs to get us in here. So uh it feels like we're it feels like we're we're hiding out in here. It's like it's like a bungalow, it's like a sweet bungalow. But I as you told me, that was lint falling out of your pocket and not money, so I've put yeah. my put my I've shelved my order. So but uh if you have a owner or a trainer's card, you can in fact go they they say put a claim in the box. And what you do is you basically it's literally their peas. They have peas if there's more than one person that co- puts a claim in they all put the peas in the, basically like a bingo shaker, and they pull the winner out just like that. And that's the person they all, if they're they're pulled, they they get the horse. But you get it before it goes out of the gate. So if your horse comes out of the gate and falls over dead right there, which is a, glor- a glorified thought, but you own that horse, you own dead flesh. But if he goes on to win and turns into a freak, that's you know that's how they keep the game kind of honest. But this is the lowest level race nine that you get to at Churchill Downs. Um, and I've basically, I've used three horses in this race. Uh, there are no inside horses. I use the five, the eight, and the ten. And I really like the two outside horses. I like Dancing Idol. It's again, Corey Lannery. Dance Idol, I should say. Matthew Jacobson's a really good horseman. He's an up-and-coming horseman. He's another one of these guys that doesn't put many horses out. But when they do, they fire. So. And then on the outside of the horse, my pick of the day, uh, Can't again. can McPeak. Uh, he's got that... Horse Racing Now app that you've been seeing all over the place that's doing real well for him. Uh, he sends out Twining, or tw- is it Twining? Is that Twining Hearts? It's Twining. It's twining. Yeah. Uh, 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 vocabulary 101. Thank you, DJ Yates. Twining Hearts. Uh, uh, he, I saw that horse race at Keeneland. and he had a lot of trouble. And then he didn't have any rally, but it was after he had the trouble. So I think we're going to go eight ten. And then I have, uh, this th- who's going to be the favorite? Again, same connections we've talked about already. Ken and Sarah Ramsey, Michael Maker. They can't miss. They do a lot of this dropping in for tags. You see, he raced for 12.5 the last time out, and 25 the last. Now he's in for 10. He keeps going. So they're looking for a win. They get a win, they get the purse money, and they get a claim. They get the best of both worlds. So, and then I'm doing something that I never do. I'm singling. I'm singling. I tell you, in the last in the tenth race, and the reason I never do this is because it's a five furlong turf sprint. Which is what I was talking to you about a little bit off air there the the, the five furlongs they just kind of go there's no real rating involved it's just these are raw horses, young horses, and they just fire as well as they can and just get out of the gate and I think that in this horse in this race this taddy's gold with uh Sean bridgemahan up, I think he's got he ran forty thousand forty thousand and then eighty thousand he's put it in a good account of himself every time that he's raced so i'm going to make him my i'm going to make him my single in the late pick four. And then the race 11, we have, this is, a, this is a maiden 30 race. Now, this is one of the toughest races in all of this condition, is what they call these things here, are the conditions. They, uh, this is one of the toughest conditions in all of horse racing. This is a maiden-claiming $30,000 race. It's not quite low a level. It's also a seven-furlong race, which is an odd distance. So that's tough. I got to use at least four horses here, and that's exactly what I did. I went with the inside horses, buzzing at midnight, watercolors, and Greek bird, those three horses, and on the outside I used the eight horse, Scissor Tail G, with uh, Donnie Van Hemmel, uh, with Joe Rocco Jr. Um, those four, one, two, three, eight. So if this is a total wager, 50 cent pick four of $24. It's one, four, six, seven, with five, eight, ten, with seven, with one, two, three, eight. It's $24. So you have an early pick four for 24 $27, you have a late pick four for $24, and you have a middle pick three for $12. That adds up to a total of $63. If you don't have $63 to come to the racetrack with,
2: guess what? You probably shouldn't be at the
1: racetrack. You shouldn't be at the racetrack. So we've got to get to another break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. We are out here live at Churchill Downs in the media room. DJ Yates and I are chilling on the Big Nasty Show. We'll be back at you in just a sec. Uh, here we are. We're sitting, we're sitting out here at Churchill Downs in a little live, little live action, little live action for you. I want to let you know that um, anytime, if you want to give us a call on the Octaville Ford Lincoln Buzz line, it's three eight four fourteen fifty. If you want to tell us that we're um, full of it, or uh, you you agree with what I said, or if I happen to give you the right numbers on those pick threes or pick fours, or you know, if you want to kick back a little, you want to give me a little finder's fee. Um, contrary to popular belief um d j. yates and myself uh we may roll around with style and we may roll roll, roll around looking good and feeling good, but that doesn 't mean that we 're lucrative or rich by any stretch of the imagination
2: but uh you know
1: it's it's a fun it's a fun time to be alive right it 's a fun time to be alive yeah. It's a great time to be alive yeah. so. um so anyway the, this uh, this show is, is brought to you by uh, Nick Steinlaw over in New Albany this is Nick Steinlaw dot com. Um, if you are injured in an accident or in any kind of traveling situation or a personal injury, you want to give Nick Stein a call. Uh, it's nine four eight. It's actually eight one two nine four eight six thousand over there. And uh, our find them on nicksteinlaw dot com. Ever been in a car accident? you Ever been uh, banged up at all?
2: I have been in one or two car accidents.
1: Anything? Anything sketchy?
2: Anything um, real
1: scary? In the...
2: No, not really. I, uh, I had
1: a, a near miss once. We were going down to the shore, and my grandmother and her then boyfriend uh, wasn't very, wasn't very good with the vision. He wasn't very good seeing. And my stepdad zipped through an intersection, and we followed close to suit right behind them. And I looked to my right, and there was a horse trailer with horses in <laughs> it, going about 80 miles an hour, coming straight at me. And we had just got past it in enough time that it clipped. It literally ripped the back part of the car completely off. That's pretty scary I, it was I realized that day that how close I was to meeting my maker, so to speak, and it was a horrifying experience, but anyway, Nick Stein law over if you have any situations like that or any trouble like that, give Nick Stein a call eight one two nine four eight six thousand and he'll take care of that for you um, now, this is an injury that uh, you you can't get help for, uh, and that happened to uh, my old uh, old journeyman on the NASCAR scene and the short track scene and the the dirt track scene, and also has probably the best name in all. Of Sanctioned sports. Dick Trickle. Dick Trickle is no longer with us. He passed away. Uh, the, the unfortunate thing and the strange part about this is he took his own life, which is a very odd. you uh, anybody close to you ever? I don't want to get touching the wrong subject here or anything like that. But have you ever had a, a close? Anybody close? Fortunately, I have not. Neither have I. I, I had like a distant uncle uh, that went out to the shed and took care of things. But I've never had anybody do that. Um, so you never, you never, you think, that he was supposedly, everybody talked about this guy like he was a fun-loving guy. He was always in good spirits. So he he decides the other night that he's had enough. He drives his pickup truck to a cemetery. I guess he figured maybe I'll be close enough so I don't have to move my body. And he drives to the cemetery, and uh, it's supposedly a self-inflicted shotgun wound to the head. And that's just, I, I just wanted to, imagine. that's a moment with God. Um, if you were looking, we're we're doing a moment with God right now. So, uh, anyway, thoughts to his uh, his family and all the all he had, he had quite a few friends and fans, I should say, in NASCAR. People are starting to roll in out here at Churchill Downs. Again, we're we're live from the media room. We're we're overlooking the paddock area where they sort of take the horses out back and forth and out to the track. People are starting to roll in. They've got one of the best happy hours in the city, if not the best, on Friday nights. It starts at 2:45 is the first post. They've got beer specials and they got they got they set up a band out back here. I know uh, you guys have obligations, but I myself will be boogie woogieing. And if you've never seen me boogie woogie, I'm telling you, that's all I know. That's all I know. Uh, uh, Bacon and I were talking about maybe going up Saturday night to the the Pacers game. We uh, he's, he claims he can get tickets at a decent uh,
2: a decent clip. Yeah, it's a little more interesting now that the
1: it is a little more interesting.
2: They tightened the series. They tightened
1: the series up last night. We're, we're going to have a. Uh, Kelly Patrick from the, the Weekend Sports Buzz is going to call in here on, uh, shortly after the top of the hour, and we're going to talk about that a little more extensively. But the Knicks actually seem to find their groove in that game. Um, what's the, I forget the big the big dude with the beard down low? Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, thank you, sir. He, him and, uh, and Carmelo, and they, they started to figure out they got a little more physical in paint. They dominated the paint. Tyson Chandler was a, was a man amongst boys, and uh, they've definitely made it more interesting. We have uh the the next game is Saturday night, I believe it's an 8:30 tip off, and Bacon and I were talking about possibly going up there. We're we're going to wait and see uh, whether he feels the vibe or not. If you ever get a chance to take a road trip with uh, Trevor Kelsey, you know, lengthy periods of time with him, it could be a uplifting and enlightening experience. Oh, I'm sure. To say the least. I'm sure. To say the least. So, <laughs> and he's he's in the booth right now, uh, licking his chops for that to respond to that. So. Um, We were talking a little bit earlier. Um, This is a devastating devastating find uh, and and, uh, discovery on my part. Uh, Lindsay Lohan's in rehab again. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Yeah, she... um, What do you think the situation is with this young lady? Do you think this is a childhood upbringing? She just cannot seem to get it together. She can't seem to get it together.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think think when you grow up in the spotlight like that, it's tough. Well, in, in general... Yeah, exactly
1: true you, like you
2: become accustomed to living a certain way and at at some point that sort of exciting fast paced lifestyle it's not enough anymore so you you have to seek out other means other means to to get your jollies so and to speak. I think
1: that's why we have a lot of these musicians and bands band guys musicians that go um they go full speed ahead you know they they it's tough to compare that rush. Like when Mumford was down at the, the Great Lawn, as an example, because I know you like the Mumford, and I'm, I'm hopelessly addicted to them now. That's all I listen to on my Pandora. And after you gave me the thumbs-up, thumbs-down thing, because I'm completely not hip. I'm stylish, but I'm not hip. Uh, I've, I've been liking and unliking things on that, so it's, it's corralled my interests, and uh, I've been listening to a lot. But these these guys, they have this, just like when you leave here today, you know, we're doing the show live here from Churchill Towns, you leave today, how, how are you going to handle that come down?
2: It's gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be very tough to to go from from the excitement of doing this show to to not doing it. Uh,
1: I I I have to I have to rein myself in. I have to rein myself in at all times to even keep it together. So, <laughs> but anyway, Lindsay Lohan is is back in rehab, and apparently she's asked for more Adderall to control her Adderall addiction. <laughs> Something along those lines. I don't know what's the, what's the story with this young lady, you know? And she used to be. I thought she used to be gorgeous. I always thought she was a good-looking woman, and now she just she keeps just killing it and killing it and killing it, and it's
2: you know it started to deteriorate. Yeah, when she when she first became a star, I guess um, I don't know what what movie she did. The Parent not the Parent? Yeah, movie, they, uh, yeah. Uh, so she was, I
0: know
2: what she you're was talking young about. And, uh, Freaky Friday. When she did the Freaky. remake, of Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. And I think she did the uh, Herbie the Love Bug remake or whatever. Yeah, she looked good in that movie. She was. She was attractive then. Right and now she looks. And we should like
1: always that. put the disclosure Person out there. Who's addicted to drugs? Yeah, so. Right there you go. We should always put the disclosure out there that, that DJ Yates is, in fact, married. I know that the phone lines have been ringing off the hook. We have to put that out there. He's a happily married man, and she's a good girl. And uh, so when we talk things like this, this is purely objectional.
2: Is yeah. Objectionable? Yeah. I, I, object- I it objectional? and objective. I do it totally for the purpose of the show. It's
1: the show purposes as well, also. Um, a couple of reminders, we have local baseball going on here and then we're going to take another break here at the top of the hour real quick. Um, the bats are actually away until Thursday of uh, next week. Uh, then they we have a five, it's an eight game home stretch, I believe we found out, yeah. right? It's an eight yeah. game home stretch they've got going on. Uh, the Cardinal baseball team. Was uh, was in was home yesterday. They played Pittsburgh and they won. They they beat Pittsburgh last night. They're actually there again tonight at six, right across the street from here at Jim Patterson Stadium. And then on Sunday they play again at noon. Uh, that's Pittsburgh. It's a two game series and that ends the regular season. And then they have a three day break. And then it starts the Big East Championship, which goes from the 22nd to the 26th.
2: The so, series, by the way, is for all the Big East regular season marbles.
1: As as DJ Pittsburgh Ye- as, Pittsburgh
2: and and. Louisville are currently after last night's game, they're tied. Oh, wow. Atop the Big East regular season standings, both 18 and 4 in Big East play.
1: Excellent point. So that
2: means get out to Jim Patterson
1: Stadium tonight and check out and support the Louisville Cardinal baseball team. They're at Pittsburgh's in town. They play tonight at 6 and tomorrow at noon. And as DJ Yates has just mentioned to me, it is for all the proverbial marbles.
2: So speaking another, of
1: marbles, another, go ahead. another
2: good reason to head out there tonight. Dollar beers.
1: Oh, yes. it's always a good reason. No, on Sunday, don't forget about Sunday, dollar hot dogs.
2: I don't think they have a game Sunday, but... Oh, it's Saturday. I'm sorry. Yeah. So
1: disregard that. But Saturday's it's game, through the season, man. They Saturday's
2: are... game, by the way, is going to be on ESPNU. Oh, excellent. If you can't make it yep. out there, you can watch there it on television. But I think they're doing some, some food specials out there on Saturday. Barbecue I, on the I'm, the sure burn, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Yeah, oh, yeah. Barbecue on the... Yeah, exactly. So... We had, we had Coach Dan McDonald on Handsome Jimmy's show yesterday, so... Yeah, exactly. So... Um, anyway, we're gonna get, we gotta get to break. The top
1: of the hour, when we come back, we're gonna talk with Kelly Patrick from uh, the Weekend Sports Buzz, and we're gonna talk a little NBA basketball. And we're gonna talk about years past NBA basketball. Uh, on the flip side of this break, on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450 The Sports Buzz.com.
0: It's time for the Big Nasty Show right here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450 TheSportsBuzz.com.
1: There's no time for living. We're living it up out here like nobody's business. We're out here at Churchill Downs going live. They're getting ready to... uh it won't be long before they'll be bringing those uh, horses over to the paddock that little um, but uh, we are sitting out here in the media room just chilling on a, on a Friday afternoon. They're doing a 245 post um, and we were talking about a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, we're going to go to the oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line here uh, uh, and we're going to talk to Kelly Patrick from the weekend sports guys. are you there? Are you there, Mr. Kelly? The uh, 1st First. We're going to try to get Kelly on the line here. We're just going to talk a little bit of NBA with us. Um, we were, uh, anyway. We're going to go to. Uh, we, we were talking about a little bit of golf. this tournament this weekend, and we uh, we've got uh, Keegan Bradley who had a three. He literally had a 20 foot putt to make for a 59. 59- down at the byron nelson championship he uh he had a 136 yard wedge shot uh, and it went pretty close he needed to make the putt and he, he missed the putt but he still shot a 60 he still shot a 60 uh if you ever watch keaton bradley play he's one of the most fidgety of all golfers he will address the ball he'll, pick, he'll click his heels turn around uh he you know he's he's got um He's got a lot of different things like that going on, kind of like Sergio. So yeah, Sergio, exactly. Well, Sergio learned his lesson about talking smack last week. I'll tell you what, he he should have just kept his mouth shut. It's like, you know, and it's funny. I, I I did actually kind of feel bad for Sergio when he put it in the drink those that many times because everybody was like laughing and they were like cheering when he was hitting him because he, you know, Tiger is American-made icon. So, Kelly, you're on the line there, bud.
3: I am. How you doing, Nate?
1: Hey Kelly, this is uh, uh we were just uh, we just broke up a little bit there. This is Kelly Patrick from the the Weekend Sports Buzz. Um how you holding down there, bud?
3: Oh, doing great man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm loving the show. Uh you know what I like about your show, Nasty, is that you can go from horse racing to golf, uh, you know, to baseball to whatever sport sporting event. Um it's out there, and you cover it all well. You know, it's a passionate show. We like to try to model the weekend shows in a similar way. We kind of just talk oh, about, you know, whatever it is that's going on You're out the there. I'm, I really appreciate uh, you having me on.
1: Excellent. Well, I, I tell you what, in all do, with all due respect to you as well, we I, the only reason I'm doing something like this is because I listened in on the weekend sports buzz for so many months leading up to me actually getting on the air. So uh, that's where the uh, accolades need to go, that direction, my friend. So, Anyway, but uh, now we're <laughs> so. anyway, uh again, this is Kelly Patrick from the Weekend Sports Bus. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit of NBA. Do you want to talk a little NBA? We're here, bud.
0: Yeah, you know
3: what I would like to, and I know Bacon's right up the alley for this type of stuff too. And you know what I like to do is I like to. I've been an NBA fan my whole life, specifically, and right. I think over the years, uh, you know, the things that we that we remember. You know, I'm about thirty years old. The things we remember from, you know, the 90s are specific playoff moments, maybe physical theories between, you know, the Knicks and the Pacers and, you know, different John Starks, Charles mm-hmm. Oakley, different characters, I think, wow, that really come, cool. come to birth, you know, and, and, and we'll, we'll always remember them. And I guess my question to you, Nate, is what are we getting from this year's playoffs? What will we remember 10 years from now?
1: Well, here's one of, the, one of the factors, and this is kind of chalky uh, to use a horse racing reference, but uh, I think we're going to look back at this year once it's all said and done, and we're going to say this is the official uh, transformation from LeBron being maybe looked at as second to the best if they, if they dominate this year i think this is going to be this is that transitional year that takes lebron you know people are they're comparing these new recruits this wiggins kid and other things we've heard the weeks the last few weeks they they don't make the reference to he's jordan like anymore and i heard this on the uh, afternoon drive today it's more talking about he's lebron like
3: yeah wow that's that's a great point i mean the wiggins thing you're right you don't hear people compared to Jordan as much anymore I guess uh 10 years from now we look back will this Miami Heat team go down as is one of those great teams you know they've got some good characters on the team i mean they got birdman i guess you could compare him maybe yeah, to rodman bradley. in a is, that, is,
1: it, is it what's his first name it's anderson i know that much is it bradley
3: yeah chris anderson chris
1: anderson that's what it is he's a, he's a, he's quite a character He's quite the character. Maybe yeah, a little and little...
3: they've got a lot of pieces to the puzzle there. I mean, I guess my question is, you know, obviously Durant kind of went in the in his interesting comments he made yesterday about not wanting to really be like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, maybe we'll see Durant uh, develop a niche kind of more like a Barkley or something like a Carl a Malone-type figure, whereas I agree, LeBron really could, um, you know, kind of put himself into the upper echelon and that next stage, being up there with yeah. guys like Jordan and Magic and Bird.
1: Well, I mean, and, and, and when was the last time that you saw a, what's LeBron 6'10", 6'9", 6'10", and he's what, 250, yeah. 260, 270? He's a, he's a huge man. He's a huge man. I mean, that's, uh, and they said the other day he was spending extra time working on his free throws. You know, here's a here's a gazillionaire. Here's a gazillionaire that's, that's sweating in the gym
3: worrying about free throws when
1: arguably he doesn't have to do that. You know, it's like whatever. Which is Yeah, I mean, he's
3: he been working with Ray Allen a whole lot. You're right, on his free yeah. throws. And uh, kind of becoming, I'd compare him to Carl Malone, whereas late in his career he, he really got to where he could just nail them at the line. So, I mean, he, you're right, he's just an amazing uh, player. He doesn't get the love that maybe Michael Jordan got. From the casual fan, instead, a lot of people kind of hate him for the decision and seemingly kind of doing it the wrong way. But there's really no denying what he's doing now. And you know, assuming I think we we can all probably everyone listening uh, can assume the Heat are going to win it. And when they do, uh, you know what what will it mean? And and I agree. I mean, I think he's taking the next step.
1: I also think on on another team note, you said that as far as ten years down the road. Uh, I think we're defining I, I I believe that the the Golden State Warriors have the the pieces to the puzzle in play to be a dominant you know uh West Coast team for you know years to come.
3: Oh, I agree completely and that was actually going to be my next point as far as teams and maybe a birth of a star Steph Curry. I mean, we all know who he is uh you know from his time at, at Davidson and he really took the nation by storm. Um uh, in college, but on an NBA level, him kind of becoming, I guess, maybe a Ray Allen or Reggie Miller type, um, you know, sorry, I'm always, I always do the comparisons, but I mean, he's really coming into his own as far as being a big star, and I think Bogut, David Lee, you're right, I think if they can keep that team intact, I think they can really be a player over the next few years. Well, and
1: you also have Thompson, he's going to have to, he's, gonna, he's got some maturing to do, and those two... Collectively, you know, you heard Mark Jackson a few weeks back say that the best backcourt uh, tandem that's ever played, which that's a, a discussion that's open to, to, to discussion. But, uh, you know, if they mature a little bit, with, you know, they've got some of the both. Both of them have t- two of the most natural strokes. I mean, I don't know if you watched the game at all last night, but, you know, they missed, a few, they missed two crucial ones that, you know, we're talking fractions off. Fractions. Where they could have easily, they could have easily won those games, you know, or at least narrowed the margin against the San Antonio.
3: Yeah, Nate. I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble hearing you there. Can you hear me? I
1: can hear you. I can hear you fine, buddy. Can you? Is that a little better?
3: Yeah. Okay, I can hear you a little better there. Sorry about that. Okay. So yeah, try, I, I think down. you know the, these teams, the the Pacers, the Grizzlies. I think they're good for the league. Um, I don't know how much. Staying power, those smaller market teams. And I know Bacon will probably get mad when I say that. I'm a Pacers fan myself. Um, but I don't know how much we'll actually remember these teams. I guess we will remember, and this is just kind of spontaneous, uh, the Nazi Muhammad push of LeBron James. That could be something that sticks in our mind for a long time.
1: Do you think LeBron, now I know he knocked him down, but do you think LeBron, there was a little bit of acting going on there just a smidge?
3: That uh, could have been a little bit of acting, but there's not many people in the league um, that look like they could really move LeBron, and if there is any, I'd say it's the, you know, what, however old he is, 36-year-old, old man strength, 6'10", 260, however big Na- Nazi Muhammad is, I think He's if anyone more. could knock LeBron down, it would be him, but yeah, there may have been a little bit of acting there.
1: <laughs> okay, so we've got um, one series left. Memphis is already in, in the West and then uh, of course the Spurs beat the Warriors last night um kind of the Spurs kind of handled that game uh, it was never never really in doubt um and then of course uh, that series is over so that that sets up a Spurs Memphis Grizzlies matchup you have Zach Randolph and, and the long physical Grizzlies my question to you Kelly Patrick is do the Spurs have enough? Do they have enough youth to hold off that that aggressiveness that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to bring to the table?
3: That's a great question. You know, uh, Tim Duncan's been playing great. They've got all the complementary pieces there to to uh, pull off the big win. And I heard a stat the other day. I don't have a, the exact number, but on paper, the Spurs really aren't that old of a team. Uh, you know, we all assume they are because you know it seems like Mono Ginobili's been around forever, and and obviously Tim Duncan. But on paper, they're not really that old. So I think that, I mean, this could really change our entire tune of our conversation. You know, if the Spurs can knock off the Grizzlies, you're right, the younger, more physical Grizzlies. um, I mean, who's to say the Spurs couldn't go on into the NBA Finals and and beat the Heat? So, I mean, imagine how that would really change the direction We we would have, you know, Tim Duncan... Really cementing yeah. his name as one of the greatest players ever, and Greg Popovich, you know the Spurs. Really looking back, as that being just a true dynasty. So I mean, it still could, you know, the the Spurs still could pull off a victory, and then and then even go on and win the NBA Finals. I don't know.
1: It it stranger things have happened. It's it's funny because the Grizzlies are actually a five seed in the in the Western Conference, and the Spurs are the number two seed behind OKC. Uh, you know, OKC, you, you have to. The Westbrook factor, I mean, that, that was, I think, almost too big to
3: overcome. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, you have somebody like that who's such an integral part of that team. I mean, you couldn't have, um, and I always do the comparisons, I'm sorry, but, you know, Michael Jordan couldn't have had Pippen just drop off the map and then and then still been expected to. I mean, he probably would have done a little better than what Durant did, but, I mean, you can't lose your number two.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly, and that, and especially the way that team was sort of set up to play. It, it went, losing that number two, that's you know, it's just devastating. The two of them played off of one another, and it's just like you just kind to hack out the legs of the giant when uh, Durant's the last last man standing, you know, kind of thing. So it's 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 kind of a shame for Thunder. I, I was sort of pulling for them because they're a younger team. I I I like I always kind of uh, I don't. I'm a Sixers fan, so you can you can sympathize with me because I haven't had anything to cheer about for years. But uh, the you know I, I like to see the underdog when I'm when it's getting to this point. Yeah.
3: So. P- part of me thinks you know I, I personally I, I would like to see the Pacers go on to play the Grizzlies in the finals. That would David Not Stern be. wouldn't be too happy with that. Uh, neither would the, <laughs> the executives at ESPN. Um, but I would like to see it you know myself. But I think for the history of the league, there's really no denying that maybe getting a Tim Duncan uh, versus LeBron James matchup in the finals would actually get the best ratings. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of theories about, you know, fixing games being fixed, things like that. I don't think that's necessarily the case. But um, the NBA definitely wants, I mean, there's no stronger of an example of the NBA wanting two teams to advance in two teams to just pack their bags and go home than them wanting the, the Spurs to be matched up against the Heat, which is a little strange, really, because the Spurs, you know, historically, it's a pretty small market also.
1: Yeah, and, and it also begs that same question that you were just talking about with the games being fixed and the possi- you know, it's like if there's that much influence, you know, in terms of monetary and dollar signs, you know, it, it definitely opens up the conversation for, you know, where that could slip into play or at least be perceived as that happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a you there. So anyway, so uh, we're gonna we were talking about the we're talking about with Kelly Patrick here. We're talking uh, Memphis Thunder. Uh, Memphis is already advanced. We have Memphis and the Spurs, which I think the Spurs are gonna win that game. I just again they're just they're just long. They're experienced. I also think that we uh, we're gonna go. Uh, I'm hoping the Pacers. Actually, go on to win and beat uh, the the Knicks and then also move on to beat the Heat in all reality. So, I'm hoping that that takes place for us. So, um, are you there still, Kelly? Okay, so we're going to actually take a quick break here. When we come up back on the other side, we're going to talk with uh, Simon Bray from TVG on the 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com.
3: Oh yeah. Oh uh,
0: yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 feels good. Are
1: we a uh, little kid that's a kid and play. That's a kid and play fade. I told you I was gonna go with the I was gonna go with the kid and the kid and play fade. Um, but you have gotta have a lot of style to pull off the kid and play. Uh, speaking of style. We got a caller on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln line calling him from California. Uh, Simon, you on there, bud? Yeah. Hi there. Hey, buddy, what's going on? This is Simon Bray. Good. And, uh, you, uh, you, would you prefer TVG fame or trainer fame? Which would we? Which would we, How should we introduce you?
0: Uh, a little bit of both. Retired trainer, now TVG analyst. How about that?
1: <laughs> how about it? And 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 uh, don't forget about dapper individuals. Remember that.
0: I'm always I always thank
1: gotta you, keep that in. Mind. Because I often have said, Simon, if you can't keep it sexy then what's the point, right?
0: And that's right. You gotta look the part before you even that's where you start. That's the that's the first uh hurdle in anything. You gotta look the part, at least uh, people believe what you think maybe believe what you're talking about.
1: Excellent. I was I was actually just watching the other night, I I, I got home. I don't get a lot of free time to watch T V but I turned on uh, T V G and they were running um I mean, when you went to when you went to Turf Paradise.
0: Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They were,
1: they were running that. They were on the highlight and showed a little bit about that. So, uh, t- tell me a little bit about uh, yourself. This is Simon Bray from TBG Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, how you got to uh, this point?
0: Well, I started. I'm. I was born and raised in England, and my pa- my father was involved in the, in the racehorse business. He was a, he was an owner. Um, uh, he had a successful business, and then um, he retired from business and got into horse ownership. As I was growing up, I became a addicted to it, like every kid that goes to the track with his dad. And uh, I wanted to become a trainer, so I, I worked for a couple of trainers in England. Um, every school holiday, I'd get out of school, go to work, in the stables, muck, stalls. And then uh, I worked for Henry Cecil, of course, better known recently as the, the trainer of Frankel. And then um, Christoph Clement and I were, were assistant trainers in Newmarket, England at the same time. And then when he came over here to start training uh, in the mid-'90s, I came over and stayed with him on vacation for three weeks, and I said, you know, I want to come to the States. And here I am 20 years later. I came to the States, worked for Bill Mott as a groom all the way up to assistant trainer, and then was hired by Alan Paulson as a private trainer out in California. Um, had a lot of success uh, with some good horses, and then Chick-A-G uh, hired me about eight years ago.
1: And I'll tell you what, uh, for those of the people that are listening that, that are not involved real closely with the horse racing game, you dropped some big names in no. there. You know, Christoph Clement, Bill Mott, these are arguably two of the best turf trainers in the country, still.
0: You no know, question. I mean, even even when I was a young kid working for Henry Cecil, and, uh, uh, I, mean, I got a valuable experience. Uh, Christoph, Christoph and I were good friends um, when we, we were in Newmarket. And then uh, I, I basically learned 90% of my host of knowledge from Bill Mott. I mean, going to work for him is like going to, to an academy a university. Every assistant has to know how to do shoe horse, take a shoe off. I mean, you have to know everything from the ground up. Really? It's not just about managing oh, wow. the horses and entering in the condition book.
1: I have nothing but respect for Bob. I've I've, I've I've met him a few times actually out here. We're actually we're actually live at Churchill Downs right now. We're a uh, um, uh, we're in the new media center. Have you been out here since they put the new media center in?
0: Uh, I haven't. I'm I'm afraid I I, I didn't get out there this year, and I'm I'm a little upset. They they got rid of the old one. The old one was one of the best media centers in the country, and now, from what I understand, you have no view of the racetrack.
1: No, actually, you have a view of the paddock. We have a real nice view. We're we're actually sitting right inside of the. the, There's an open window where I'm at right now, and I'm looking at the paddock as we speak. They're getting ready on Friday to do their two forty-five post. But uh, so we're going live from out here. If you next time you get in town, you have to stop in and check it out. It's pretty nice. So. Um, Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, this race. They got a big race coming up on Saturday. Simon Bray, Simon Bray from TVG, who we're chocolate with here on the Oxmoor Buzz line. We've got uh, nine horses entered into this this race on Saturday. They, it's known as the Preakness. Uh, pretty big race. Pretty fun. Uh, pretty fun time of year right now.
0: Yeah, I mean this 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 is where those people that don't follow horse racing on a year round basis. This is where our sport gets to showcase itself. I mean, there's there's two really major times of the year. Now the Triple Crown season, first weekend in May all the way through the first week in June. And the Breeders' Cup, uh, in November, the two day championships. But I think more people, more of the general public understand this series of races because of the history, because of the names of like Secretariat, the affirmed Aladar robbery, uh the East Coast Sunday silence robbery. Mainstream public understands these kind of lot eight weeks of the Triple Crown, if you will. And uh I mean, it's it's looking to be a great matchup again. With Orb coming off that impressive win in the Derby, the the, the forecast is for a little bit of rain tomorrow. Maybe prove he can handle that. And I mean, I really believe this. I believe it's really setting up this year for a Triple Crown, though. Would it be the first one since nineteen seventy eight? So, I mean, I, I'm just I'm just hoping Orb can, can pull it off tomorrow. He looks to be the part. I've you know known Stuart McGay on and off for about fifteen years. A little bit. And I've never, ever heard him use the verbiage that he's used to expl- uh, describe this horse this week as far as his workouts, his well-being. He's a very understated old guard horseman, and uh, he's glowing with confidence, and I think that says enough.
1: Oh, yeah, I talked to him, actually. I talked to Shiv Ngehi on the backside leading up to the Derby, and it's exactly the sentiment that I got from it. He, you know, he's very soft-spoken. He's very, you know, not... Congratulatory to himself or anything like that. Very soft spoken individual. And he had a sort of an air of confidence that I had never seen from him before. And it was uh, pretty impressive moving forward. And, you know, anybody that's involved with with horse racing knows that, you know, uh, Triple Crown is going to be great for the
0: sport. Oh, it it absolutely is. We did it in a big way, our sport, you know, and uh, I think these are the right connections, the right people. Uh, to to, to pull it off. I mean, he's got all the credentials. He's he's a trainer that's well-respected in the industry, well-liked by his peers. He doesn't run in these big races for the sake of running. That's why he's only had a handful of starters in the Kentucky Derby in his 30-plus years training. So he's got the right horse, and he's got the right connections. And uh, he's got one of the hottest riders in the country now, Joe Rosario. And I think everything sets up for him. Even the inside post, I'm not worried about that. He's won from the inside post before. Um, sure. One thing about the Triple Crown, which you don't usually see for the general public, you don't usually see his horses coming back, racing two weeks, um, coming back on two weeks rest, and he's proven he could do that as well. He's done that early on in his career, so I don't see
1: any that hurdle that
0: he can't jump over. Yeah,
1: Exactly. Again, I'm talking with Simon Gray <laughs> here from TVG. Um, we... Uh, you, last uh, last I saw you was out of Keeneland. We were out there, and we were watching, and that was the that was the beginning of the Joel, like I, what I like to call the Joel Rosario dominance. I mean, how hot is this kid?
0: He's unbelievable. I mean, I, I know him pretty well, and I got to see him a lot every day out here in Southern California until he relocated last year, and then he got off to a slow start on the East Coast. It wasn't all uh, you know uh, champagne, corks, and roses there. I mean, he got off to a very slow start. I think it was, what, you know, two for 60 at Belmont. Then he hired a uh, one of the best agents in the business job, agent agent's called Ron Anderson. He's had the likes of Jerry Bailey, uh, Gary Stevens, Chris Hamley, Gary Gomez. He's made them all champion riders. And he took his book, and, and his business has just been unbelievable set a new record at Keeneland for the most wins in the spring meet. And he wanted to buy a World Cup, the world's richest race with the $10 million purse. And he won the Kentucky Derby. I, mean, I don't think, it, it, in my time around the sport, I don't think I've ever seen... A uh, six to seven weeks span like that of a rider dominating so exclusively.
1: I know, and, and and at the same time at Keeneland, uh, of course, the Ken and Sarah Ramseys and Michael Maker, that comment that trio was, was almost unbeatable.
0: I and mean, it goes hand in hand. I mean, to be a leading rider, you need to be riding for a good trainer and a good outfit. And uh, that's yeah. who it was, Mike Maker and, and Ken and Sarah Ramsey. I mean, they dominated Keeneland this year.
1: So you ever ever think about uh you ever think about going putting leg wraps on them and uh doing all the the hoofing and the training again getting up early early in the morning all that good stuff
0: uh yes and no i mean i I miss the horses i missed i'm very competitive so i miss I'm, my competitive juices know uh, they don't get flown as much as they used to um and you know i've I've had offers over the last five six years that, that uh, take some horses and train but uh I don't know, especially out here in California, it's 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 very tough. The small fields, it's tough to build a build a good base of a good clientele of owners because the worst population is so small. So, but right now I'm very happy with where I am. I always can go back to training one day if I want to, but I enjoy broadcasting and uh, I like working yeah. at TPG. Uh, I try to bring a well, perspective that some of the guys I don't work with, they're you know having worked on the backside.
1: Yeah, and that's funny because I I've actually had I've had uh, Nick Hines. Uh, Matt, Carruthers, uh, Caleb, uh, and Paula Duca have all been on the show uh, before you. Um, I, I consider you to be, this is, Simon Bray from, uh, this is Simon Bray from TBG, I consider you to be one of the best, if not the best, handicappers in the country. Now I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Now I want you, and also, I don't want any emotions involved with this, nope. I want this to be a tangible uh, answer here. Um, if you're not handicapping for yourself, but you've got a bankroll, and you're going to give it to one of your colleagues at TVG. Hmm. Who is the next best handicapper to Simon Bray from TVG?
0: I would probably give it to Paul Duca, I would think. Oh um, yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, I would give it to Paul Leduca. He's very thorough. I mean, I, let's let's take a step back for a second. When I came to TVG, I was I didn't consider myself as a handicapper. I was training. I trained good horses and. Um, I, I wasn't training claimers and playing the claiming game and placing. I was training solid, you know, allowance horses and maiden special weights for Alan Poster. So there was always a maiden special race. There was always an allowance race. And after that, there was always a stakes race. So I didn't really have to navigate the condition book too much. But I will say, since I've gone to TBG, I've, I've become a much better handicapper. I think if I went back to training now, I would be a better trainer. Uh, with with lower end horses, for my knowledge of handicapping certain angles, and I've learned a lot of those by fishing them out myself, to working around colleagues. But one thing we all have at TVG is different angles, and uh, Paul is Paul plays the sheet, and that's something I've never looked at. Even as a trainer, I don't handicap the sheets. I don't pretend to. I don't even look at them because it, it judges my bias. So I, I, I like Paul's approach. I sit next to him a lot every day, and you know as as much as we're on in this ministry races, we're going to cover. On air, we're not going to win every single one of them, but for the most part, I'd probably give it to Paul. He's a very shrewd handicapper.
1: So then, what we have to do then, sometime, is get Paul yourself and myself and get together and do a three-way. Just hit, a, just hit about every pick six that they can be hit.
2: There
1: you right. go.
0: Yeah, because Paul's a very it's good pick. He's a very yeah, good pick six. Yeah, he's a very yeah. good pick six player. And, and I, uh, that, I specialize in. I love turf races. I, I like to handicap turf races.
1: Did you uh did you consider yourself a dirt track trainer? I know that special I watched the other night was uh, you were kind of concerned about taking them over to Turf Paradise and running on the dirt because you had what you thought was a turf uh turf force and that was my, that was your main concern.
0: Yeah, when I was trained well, I had 99% of my horses were were turf were turf horses. So, yeah, I was labeled as a turf trainer. I won three great ones on the turf. I won I think 20 stakes on the turf in my 6 or 7 years training. So, I mean, I, I guess turf horses make turf trainers, and, and that's what I was. But, you know, towards the end there, when I had a public stable, I had some more dirt horses and and won a fair amount of races on the dirt. So um, I, I think people get labeled just by the stock they have as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. though. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about this. We, we said there's a good chance today, or a good chance this weekend, that we have the second leg of the Triple Crown. I don't see any reason why he can't win it. But if you had to put your last... $50 on, a, on a, a bet that somebody was going to accept for Orb in the Preakness, which horse would that be for Simon
0: Bray from TVG? That's a good question. I mean, I've given the race to Orb, so let's find someone to beat him low. The first thing I'll say, I like to watch well, out my handicap and you horses out, I don't think it's got a chance. A lot of people are going to come back on the Golden Sense bandwagon, and that's not for me. I didn't like him going to into the Derby, so there's no reason why I should like him going into the Preakness. I don't think the, the West Coast three-year-olds were that strong this year. My, my horse that I would probably look at would be um, either departing or actually Oxbow at a price. And the reason why I say Oxbow is because I thought he ran one of the better races in the Kentucky Derby. He was close to the pace, uh, and you know that that, did, that pace was very swift, as is typically the fashion in the Kentucky Derby. And he fed pretty well. I mean, he he finished six in the field of nineteen, laying close to the pace, going through those blistering exactly. fractions. I think with different running styles and you're looking for a big upset, I think Oxbow could be the horse. We know Lucas does it. And as far as departing the fresh horse, the big anomaly is for most general handicappers, they think the fresh horse does well at the Preakness. That's not the case. Typically, if if the Derby winner doesn't win the Preakness, it's usually another also ran out of the Kentucky Derby.
1: Yes. And statistics would would back you on that, too. I actually played some golf with Brian Hernandez Jr. the other day, and. uh, and that's Ian Wilkes, I believe. And they, I tell you what, it, it, I'm with you on that. I, I, Oxbow did put in a very good account of himself at a fast fast fraction. A lot of people don't realize that simple concept. Faster yields to closers. Slower yep. yields to front end horses. A lot of people don't get that. You know, experienced handicappers obviously get that. But uh, departing, uh, he he ran real well in the Illinois Derby. And there's some controversy as to whether or not that should be a part of the, the championship. Uh, point system that they put together, but they also, you know, they also said the connections that they weren't going to run him in the Derby anyway.
0: Right, exactly. No, yeah, I, he's I, lightly raced, and uh, I mean his his Louisiana Derby run finishing third is fantastic because a lot of the major players that finished in the Derby came out of that race. Revolutionary by Luke galton Soul, who finished I think fifth or sixth in the uh, yeah, Louisiana yeah. Derby, ended up running second in the Kentucky Derby. So, I mean, well, and he, he, he exits a good heat.
1: Yeah, and one of your and one of your colleagues says uh, I forgot to mention Tom. Tom Amos was on the show. What was it? Three, he was on the show three weeks ago, I think it was. He, Tom Amos. Um, and he, we can't forget about My Lute. My Lute ran pretty well in the Derby.
0: Yeah. You know, and Tom was, wouldn't run that horse back unless he thought he had a real good shot. I know him; he yeah. wouldn't run just for the sake of running and the breakness.
1: Right. I I I, 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 Tom's a great guy. I, I've talked to him a couple of times out yeah. here. Lot of, lot of, one of the local local barns. He, he's a. Uh, He's a real good guy, and, I, and I'm I, I kind of am wishing for him too. But again, like we, we all want to see, you know, who doesn't want to see a Triple Crown winner? That makes every that right. makes life better for everybody, you know. Especially exactly. the horse
0: racing business.
1: So, um, uh, so you, you when what? How old were you when you started in the horse racing business?
0: Uh, I was uh, 16 when I started working in the horse racing business uh, in school holidays, and then got my first full time job at 19, and then I came to the states when I was. Uh, 22, and that was uh, back in 1993. And uh, like I said, I've been at TVG for eight years now. So, um, actually, no. just pulling into Hollywood Park, ready to go on air this afternoon.
1: Ah, see, and then so what's a, a, a little bit of a sad uh, note to Hollywood Park? They're they're going to be closing. they they're, they're going to be closing down this year. This is their last year, if I'm not mistaken, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. They finished racing here in November. It was bought by uh, a real estate company about uh, five six years ago, and uh, you know, everybody in the industry knew this day was coming, and uh, kind of they act surprised now it's actually here because they didn't think it was going to happen, but they knew it would happen in one day. So the plans, the entitlements, all the developments going to start taking place next year. It's very, very sad. You know, 75th year. It's a very historic racetrack. Got uh, I won my first grade one here. Got some very good memories.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's I know I read that the other day a couple weeks ago, and I was it's, I've never been there, and it's one of the ones I wanted to go see. It's a uh, uh, you guys are going live from there today. You were in transit just now while you were talking to me, correct?
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to leave you in a little bit know, pretty quickly because we're going in and i got a meeting here in about five minutes and then we go in there in about 25 minutes.
1: That's perfect timing because I've got to go to a break, my friend. I just wanted to thank you again for calling in. And uh, if you next time you're in, in Louisville or Kentucky or Keenan or whatever, send me a text and we'll uh, we'll get together and then do it again sometime.
0: Absolutely appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and uh I look forward to seeing you.
1: My pleasure. Simon Bray, nice afternoon. All right, talk to you soon, okay, bud? All right. That was Simon Bray from TVG. We're going to take our uh, last break of this uh, segment here, and I'm going to go out and do a little horse wagering here in a second. We're out here at Churchill Downs on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. You're listening to The Big Nasty Show.
0: Home, and I feel hate. These days of done. wish uh, we've known, will blow away with this new sun. We're back here, we're back here,
1: we're back here. We're still up out here at Churchill Down. We are paddock side, if you would. Very comfortable accommodations out here, wouldn't you agree, Mr. DJ 8? Oh, yeah, very comfortable. Very comfortable accommodations. We just saw um, there's some, for the single men out there, there is some lovely, lovely sights in this paddock, is all I'm saying. They're bringing in the, the food carts, the beer carts. they got the bands getting ready to set up. We just had the first race. The first race was um, uh, our buddy. We had to, we, we didn't get a chance to talk to uh, Corey Lannery today because he had was running a little late and had to get up on the, the winner of the first race, which I guess we can give him a, a free pass he won the first race.
2: Yeah, I think so. He, so, he had uh, something to do. He had
1: something to do. So Corey Lander, was up on uh, Flashy Ray to win the first here at Churchill Downs. Kind of a short price, a 3-2. But if you played my pick four that I gave you, you are alive and well. Um, and uh, I can give you fashion statements, too. Uh, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, we can give the call anytime, 384-1450. We can give them fashion statements, correct? Sure. DJ8 looking good as always. Uh, I don't get much opportunity to have this up close look like I do because you're usually all the way on the other side of the glass. I uh, want to thank uh, Bacon in the Booth today for uh, taking care of things. I want to thank Oxmoor Country Club for making it all possible. They're uh, they're right there in uh, Middletown, kind of St. Matthews area. It's right off the Highway 64. You can give them a call at 491-7877. Oxmoor Country Club will take care of all your, uh, any other needs that you have as far as golf course. They have a banquet facility. For, uh, did you guys get married in an all-inclusive situation when you did get married to Mrs. Yates?
2: Uh, well, we did the, the ceremony at a... Chapel, and then we had the reception at a a place that did the catering. It was a, a reception hall, and they did catering stuff, too. They took
1: care of it all. That's what they do at Oxmoor. So all you really need to do is make your guest list at Oxmoor, and uh, they'll take care of everything else for you. Uh, it's a one-time deal, and the membership opportunities they have now are like they've never been before. So give them a call at Oxmoor Country Club, 491-7877. Um, do we have anything else that we need to get to uh, in terms of – I know we have some other things that were on the cut that I wanted to talk about. But before we get to that, um, I wanted to thank my guest today. I had uh, Kelly Patrick from the Weekend Sports Buzz on. We talked a little NBA basketball. He had to get back. He's got a, a day job, so he had to get back to work. We got cut short a little bit there, but we'll continue with him another time. Kelly's a good friend of ours, so uh, we'll, get, we'll get back with him. And I especially want to thank uh, Simon Bray calling in from California on his commute um, we got a lot of things going on at all times at, uh, at uh, the station, 1450 the Sports Buzz and 1450 the Sports Buzz. Um, any other time that you, uh, you want to tune into the station, remember you can check it out in your car, which is really nice. In, anywhere in Kentucky, yeah, 1450. you know, 1450. I know you don't use the AM station too much, but give it a shot. My show, The Big Nasty Show, we've got a great show coming up next. The afternoon drive. That's your buddies Perrin Johnson and Kelly Patrick. Or whoa jeez. You know who's there. Jeez. I, I there's no there's no mistaking those two for being the same person. it's actually Bacon. I like to call him Bacon. bacon. Yeah. Trevor Trevor Kelsey and Perrin Johnson on the afternoon drive. Before me on Mondays and Fridays you have Matt Dennison as the uh, local sports what's it's called uh, it's the uh Inside Ana Sports. Inside Kentucky Anna Sports. Matt's always got local coaches, local players. He's got everything covered in that department. What else do we got going on there at the, uh, the fine station that we work for?
2: Uh, well, if you can't listen to us in the car, you can go to the iTunes store or the Android market, download our app. Digital. 1450 the Sports Buzz app. Listen to the show. Crystal clear digital quality. I'm telling you. You know what's
1: edit. nice about this? My family listens in Pennsylvania. My family listens in Florida. If you if you're just if you're driving around, log on to fourteen fifty the sports bus. Digital crystal clear coast to coast. Coast to coast. You can't get you can't get that anywhere else
2: that's like right. you can here. So and that's that's powered by InsureMax.
1: That's powered and that's Chad Chad Anderson.
2: Chad or Alan Hennessy, give them a call, four seven nine, four zero eight five, all your home auto and life insurance needs.
1: We've got some uh, speaking of autos, we've got NASCAR. And NASCAR uh, they've got they do this really neat thing this weekend. It's a... Uh, it's it's down at Charlotte, Charlotte Motor Speedway. They race Saturday night. They do two different smaller races, and then they go to they do the, the they do the the actual Cup race on Sunday. So it's a whole weekend. If you've never been to one of these NASCAR events, it is like a medieval party at these places, man. They they party like it's nobody's business. Like there's no tomorrow. I think is how they say that. Party like it's nobody's tomorrow. How do they say that? You're in the cut, DJ. Like uh, it's I of like nobody's business. We'll, we'll leave, we'll leave it at go. that. So they're in Charlotte this weekend in NASCAR. Jimmy Johnson's still leading points uh, in that department. I told you before, the, we want to give our support to the local kids, the, the uh, Louisville Cardinal baseball team. They're in town. They're trying to win the Big East, and then they're going to go on to the Big East tournament, which isn't far from, from now. Um, we have the NBA playoffs Saturday night. We've got Indiana Pacers trying to eliminate the Knicks. I believe it's a 3-2 series.
2: So they're gonna to try to it's an
1: eight thirty game up there. Um I want you to remember at all times, most importantly, what's the most important thing about this show, the Big Nasty show? Keeping it sexy. That's right. If you can't keep it sexy but there's really very little point of getting out of bed. If you if you can't if you can't if you're not sexy you gotta find a way. You gotta find a way to keep it sexy. Um you can email me at Show 13 at gmail.com, and we have amazing sponsorship opportunities on this program and all the others. We can get you whatever you need, get your business noticed, uh, send me an email. You can find us anytime, 1450thesportsbuzz.com, or on 1450 AM locally as you're rolling around. Again, we're, we want to thank the folks here at Churchill Downs for letting us come out here and do a live broadcast from Churchill Downs. We'll be out here next Friday, and on Monday we've got an interesting show for you. We've got a, um, we've got a, a, a NASCAR... Uh, Indy car driver. Indy car driver. Connor Daly. Connor Daly's going to stop by and join. He's going to chit-chat with David, uh, DJ Yates and myself. And then in the second hour on Monday, we have the Toonsmiths, which is a local band that's not going to be local for much longer. You know what happens to bands when they come on my show, buddy. They blow up? Blowing up. So speaking of blowing up, we've got to get out of here and make some money on this racing. Uh, I want to thank my co-host today, DJ Yates, Bacon in the Booth. You're listening to the Big Nasty Show. And we'll be right back with you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. It's going to be great. Uh, and we'll see you soon.